Hi everyone, my name is Chad Kelly, and today we're going to be discussing disability insurance. This topic has many important concepts that apply to physicians in every stage of their career. I'll be speaking with Eric Halverson, who's one of the financial advisors in our office. Hopefully you find our conversation insightful. Thanks for tuning in. All right, Eric, hey, thanks for joining me today for our exciting conversation about disability insurance. For those who aren't familiar with you or who don't know you, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, how long have you been in the industry, Eric? I've worked in the industry uh, for about 13 years. I've worked with UMA Financial Services for just over five years. Uh, I really enjoy being in, in the industry. I have a, a master's degree and I'm a certified financial planner. A certified investment management analyst. Your primary role here at the firm work as an advisor primarily? Yeah. So my primary role is uh, as, a, as a financial planner. Uh, that term can be used in various ways. People call it financial advisor, financial planner, wealth advisor. Essentially, uh, me and the other advisors in the office uh, guide people through their uh, accumulation and and uh, spending years through retirement and as in the practice well good well let's go ahead and jump into it um, like I said we're gonna be talking about disability insurance today um, this is a this is a concept that we could literally spend hours talking about we're gonna do the Reader's Digest version and it's it, it's an important concept that applies to people at the beginning of their training um, all the way through up to retirement and so yeah, to start off, Eric, how would you define disability insurance? For someone who doesn't know what disability insurance is, what is it? Maybe put in the context of um, a physician's perspective. So after having gone through undergraduate and medical school and residency, someone may have put 12 years of, of their life into their training and development. And so disability insurance it, it simply put is protecting the asset of your ability to work. So think about it that way. You've, you've invested all this time, money, resources, blood, sweat, and tears into your training. And in the event that you had a, a, um, a disability that was debilitating and pro, uh, prohibited you from working, you want to be able to insure against that risk. That's what disability insurance does. Yeah, it's perfect. I think oftentimes we tell our clients that their biggest asset is their earning potential, right? And so, yeah, I think that, that's that's well put. You know, when you think of disability insurance, you often hear of two types of policies, uh, group policies or private policies. Can you shed some light on maybe the differences between a group policy or a private policy? Yeah, that's a great question. A fantastic first step as someone evaluates disability insurance. Most large employers provide a group disability benefit. As you can imagine, that's one of the benefits inside of a uh, benefit package for new physicians and physicians that have been practicing for a number of years. So a group disability policy, as the name suggests, is a policy that ensures a group of people. And uh, one, par one participant or physician will be a, a part of the group. Um, but the group keeps the policy. So if someone decided to leave that group, they would need to replace the group policy with a new group's policy or with a private policy. A private policy is portable and goes with you as long as you pay the premium payments. And the private policies can also be more specific to occupation and have some more bells and whistles as far as the riders that they 
they have associated with them. They also find that group policies uh, and private policies differ in premium payments. So the group policies tend to be less expensive. And that's normally because uh, the, insur the insurance company is diversifying away the specific individual's risk a little bit with having a number of people participating. Uh, but they also have kind of weaker provisions as we've seen for the most part. Okay. When it comes to how much disability insurance one should have, what's, what's a typical coverage range? Um, I mean, is it common for someone to insure 20% of their income or 100% of their income or somewhere in between? Is there a typical range that most people have as far as coverage with disability? That is the, uh, that's the question um, that everyone asks. And, and what I've found is that the people who've experienced disability in their family tend to get as much coverage as they possibly can because they've experienced it. Other people who haven't had any experience with those that have needed to claim disability insurance tend to have lower ranges. So we're often we're trying to educate and encourage people who maybe don't see the value and the benefit to, to seek more disability insurance coverage. Some of our most sad experiences as advisors are those in which a, uh, an individual becomes disabled because that, that really puts a strain on someone's family. And we want to make sure that in the worst case scenarios, your family is protected and you as an individual are able to, to get the medical care that you need. Okay. You know, I know that, you know, in dealing with clients, it's not uncommon. It seems like most group policies will insure anywhere from like 50 to 80% of someone's total income. Does that seem like a realistic range from what you've seen? Yeah. Most people try to fall somewhere in that range. Yeah, most group policies uh, max out about 60% of someone's income. And some of them, for example, if they're in the state of Utah, you could think about the University of Utah or IHC, most of them cap at $10,000 of monthly benefit, indifferent of what the percentage is, but the percent will not exceed usually 60, or 60% of someone's uh, of someone's income. Okay, and I think that's, that's a good point to make. I'm glad you made that. That certain policies will have different dollar cap amounts, and that could depend on specialties, um, type of policies, how it's structured. Um, but with that being said, um, as you can imagine, I think there, there, there's policies policies out there that can do big dollar amounts that that exceed those, you know, $10,000 a month benefit type policies, right? Yeah. Like there, there's, there's a kind of the exception to the common rule. Yeah, most group policies, I think the ones that we see typically will cap at 10,000 a month. Um, but, but private policies, some can go up to 20,000 for an individual carrier. Uh, when you couple two private policies together, or uh, this gets a little bit complicated, but some people will couple a group disability policy with a private policy. And in that case, they can get uh, well in excess of that ten thousand. Maybe maybe coupling them together, you get up to twenty five thousand or thirty thousand. And then for those income earners who are have very high levels of income, um, there are some more unique policies. Like one carrier, for example, is the Lloyd's of London that can insure much higher levels of income. Uh, so I guess my comment to the, those questions would be. Um, the coverage varies depending on the person's need and depending on kind of their income and situation, but we would encourage people to 
to evaluate what their need is and, and how much coverage they might want or need. Um, typically, we see people with about 15,000 of monthly benefit, I think is kind of the normal range of, where we, uh, of coverage in which we see. Okay. Awesome. I know that another factor that can play into how expensive a policy is or how complex a policy is are these different provisions that can be added onto the policy called writers. Um, what is a writer? What are these different provisions? I mean, some of them that come to mind, um, you hear the terms COLA, non-cancelable, future purchase option. What, what are these provisions? That's a great question. And, and these provisions, I think, are uh, one piece that separates a private policy from a group policy in many cases. But for example, we talked about coverage amounts. Someone new to practice, which are likely most of the people that are looking at purchasing disability insurance, may not feel like they can afford a, uh, a policy that covers 15000 of monthly benefit, or their income may not be there yet. So either they, they, can't, they don't feel like they can afford it, or their income isn't supporting currently the level of uh, benefit that they'd like to have long term. They could use a future purchase option, which is one of the riders that you mentioned, um, purchasing a, a smaller amount of coverage now, maybe like $5,000 of monthly benefit with a future purchase option of an extra 10000 So ultimately, they'll be able to exercise and have, in that case, 15000 of monthly benefit. Um, a cost of living rider essentially adjusts for inflation. So it allows the person's um, benefit to adjust with inflation. And how those are deployed or implemented vary slightly between carriers. It could be the case that uh, there's a cost of living after a disability is claimed and it may not adjust through time. So it's very important as you assess a policy to understand how each of these riders or provisions will impact you and, and how the insurance company uh, uses them. Yeah, you know, a lot of times we, we, we speak with clients and they'll come in and say, I've got a disability policy. Is it a good one? And when we take a dive into that policy, these are the t sorts of things we look at to determine, you know, is it adequate for their needs? Does it cover all the holes or gaps in you know, liability? Um, so yeah, you know, th these were just a couple of the different riders or provisions that can be added on. One of the provisions I like is a compassionate care rider, and that's uh, been associated with the standard insurance company. Um, where you can actually may not be the person whose policy it is that's disabled. It could be a loved one and they're still able to claim some of the policy. So it's, it's interesting to look it's at like the if riders. It, if a spouse becomes mm -hmm. disabled or... Yeah. 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 So the, uh, riders are uh, a, a great feature um, or add-on. You can think of them as add-ons, maybe toppings at the uh, ice cream shop. Uh, for each additional topping, you're going to pay a little bit of extra money. And so it, you don't want to go overboard on the riders that you're adding just because it will impact the, pre the annual premium. But it is important to evaluate which of these riders would be important for your specific situation. Yeah, I think that's a good point that, you know, it's rather than saying a blanket statement of you need these four, it's kind of a case by case basis. Um, well, perfect. You know, another important provision within a disability policy often here thrown around is own occupation specific. Um, and this is particularly important for physicians. Can you explain what that term, term own, off, own occupation specific means? Yeah, so each insurance company may, may uh, define this slightly differently, but uh, just in general terms, um, 
let's if you, if you were to consider uh, a pediatrician and a uh, surgeon, for example, let's say um, a surgeon has to, in most cases, use their fingers and kind of their various parts of their body, maybe their ears, to hear alerts and alarms in the operating room. And um, it could be the case that you could function um, maybe as a pediatrician without the use of one hand or um, with hearing that may not be perfect. Um, and so a disability insurance policy that's own occupation will look at that specific occupation and say, well, given the hearing loss in this basic example of this individual, they can no longer function in an operating room in a safe manner. Although they may be able to do other occupations, they can't do theirs. And uh, so that becomes very important if you, as you assess a disability insurance policy, because you're trained for your specific function or specialty. And although you may be able to do other functions, especially depending on which parts of your body's maybe function, body may be functioning, you may not be able to do your own occupation. Um, and possibly you could do your own occupation, but not to the same extent. Maybe your income is reduced because you're not as efficient and you can't do as many surgeries. Or um, we've, uh, we've seen a variety of disabilities and, and some based on concussions or other things, they, they can't function for a full day or they can't stand up. Uh, because of back injury for an entire day. And so um, we think in disability insurance, the own occupation is a massive component that you need to consider as you evaluate your policies. Awesome, I think that, that's well put. Um, just like any type of insurance, I'm sure there's a number of different you know, avenues that you can go to get disability insurance. You know, what? Who, who sells disability insurance? What's the, the optimal way, I guess, if a physician is saying, hey, I'm, I'm considering a disability policy. Where do I even start? What, 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 would, what would be your recommendation? That's a uh, kind of a mouthful of a question. It's really interesting because we see people come in uh, that have talked to various other agents that are selling disability insurance. And um, kind of answer the first part of your question. Just about anyone who sells insurance will would love to sell a disability insurance policy. So uh, there, there's a lot of commission associated with disability insurance, and and therefore there's a lot of people interested in trying to sell disability insurance. But I'd say that uh, you'd want to evaluate these kinds of policies with someone who is proficient in physician disability insurance, because not all disability insurance policies are created equal. They're not all identical. In fact, <clears throat> I don't know of a single, I don't know of any two policies that are that you could say are similar enough to be close to each other. They're, they can vary in their provisions and language and definitions. So I would encourage people to consider disability insurance with someone who deals with a lot of disability insurance and deals with physicians. Selfishly, we'd love you to come and talk to us at UMAFS. Um, we're salaried advisors. Um, there's no conflict of interest from our standpoint as far as selling a product. We want you to just get the best product that at the best price that fits your needs. And if we can't provide it, we'll send you elsewhere. If it's not something that we can facilitate for you, 
we'll encourage you to look elsewhere. But in most cases, we're able to provide a great physician-specific disability insurance policy. Yeah, that's well put. Well, good. Well, well, Eric, like I said, this is this is literally a topic we could spend hours on. Um, you know, we we highlighted several of the components of disability insurance, but I hope our listeners, uh, um, hopefully, this was helpful and insightful. Um, like Eric said, you know, we're more than happy to review over existing policies or questions about purchasing new policies or maybe you know, what your your current co- policy covers. Feel free to reach out. Um, to Eric, myself, one of the or one of the other advisors here in the office, we'd be happy to take a dive into your disability insurance questions. And Eric, thanks for joining. Thank you. Appreciate you having me.